the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. Thank you for tuning in to the London Free Press Podcast. Glad that you could listen to the podcast today. We have quite a bit to talk about, actually, and we're continuing our focus on the different story angles surrounding COVID-19, mostly because that's the biggest thing going on right now. And one of the angles, of course, is how it's impacting basically every industry, but certainly the real estate industry. Jonathan Juha, London Free Press reporter, has written quite a bit about that and joins us on the podcast today to discuss. Jonathan, thank you very much for uh, doing this with us today. Glad to have you on the podcast. I'm glad to be here as well. Uh, So let's talk about how the real estate industry has been impacted here because, you know, I've had conversations on this podcast with with Norm DeBono, with Jennifer Beeman, with Megan Stacey about how different parts of what we do, uh, Jane Sims certainly when it comes to the educational aspect of it, different parts of what we do have been impacted by COVID-19. Now, it's going to impact everything differently, but everything is going to change. So what's going on in the midst of COVID-19 as you analyze the real estate market for London? Well, I think obviously, as you say, uh, <clears throat> the COVID, like the, the the market, has not been immune to 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 the pandemic. I just think that the impact that it has had is one that perhaps people were not anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess at the beginning of the year, there were many analysts predicting that perhaps uh, prices were going to go down uh, across the country, and um, locally, that has not been the case at all. I mean, you have seen the changes in. The- during that in-between period between spring and, and, and fall when, when they were allowed, many people were not comfortable doing it. So it was more like you have to be v- very close to being, um, you know, ready with, with buying a house to actually be considered like a serious buyer to be allowed into a house and look at it. Or many people were sort of like even doing like looking at the houses online. So definitely it still has had an impact. But I guess the main story throughout 2020 has been um, – the prices, they have continued to go up. Uh, they have not really slowed down. We have seen uh, in a couple of months increases of $20,000 uh, in the average price. Um, so it, it just speaks to the high demand that there is for homes. Uh, it's, it's not only here in London, but also the immediate uh, municipalities as well. And and even the number of sales, uh, the second half of 2020 has been very strong for, uh, for, for the market. Uh, we sold like the market in total sold about nearly 10,000, 9,700 and something uh, houses. So it's still a very strong number, just shy of that 10,000 mark that the, the market has only surpassed uh, three times, uh, all of them since uh, 2016. And even if you look at some of the the indicators, and I know that this doesn't indicate for every single home, obviously, but the average price and the average price is $555,000. That's a lot of money, and that's not what the average price was a couple years ago. So uh, the market continues to surge, as you said, and I'm sure that uh, real estate professionals in this community uh, in in some ways say it's great, but in other ways there may be some uh, problems for buyers. What is the reaction you've got from them? Well, think about this. It's not only that it's reached that point of 555000 it's mm-hmm. just that just in August surpassed for the first time the 500000 mark. So in just a few months, the average price has gone up by $55,000. Obviously, this is perhaps an ideal market for anyone who is selling a property. Obviously, you're still getting sort of like these multiple offers on a single property and a single home. Um, you like homes going way above the asking price. So if, if you're in a position where you are selling your house, uh, 
you're not going to have any issues selling it. Inventory is very low. We are also like a, a very low um, uh, historic uh, levels as well. Uh, but the other side of the coin is people wanting to enter the market. Uh, the, the, the first time home buyers, uh, the young families, uh, people who necessarily are not even like are making good money. Uh, uh, annual salaries are between $70,000, $80,000. And they are still having a hard time with two things, obviously coming up with the money for the down payment. And at the same time, um, just finding that house that meet the requirements that they have. Like obviously you have a budget, you say, this is how much I'm approved for. This is, uh, this is sort of like my ideal. And then again, you go, you put on your, your, your offer and then you're seeing homes going for like 50,000 above the, the, the asking price of, of above what you had planned. So it's definitely a struggle. Uh, I keep hearing that it's very frustrating at this moment for, for people trying to buy a house mm -hmm. and enter the market. So it, 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 it seems like it's getting out of reach for so many people. Uh, like I've also heard stories of people who have had to have their parents, you know, co-sign for uh, to support their own application or to come also get some equity on their own homes to sort of like get some uh, money for the down payment. So like parents having to, to, to help uh, their children to sort of like get into the market because the, the notion is that the notion is, you know what, if I don't get into the market right now, I may not be able to buy a home at all. Right. So, so a lot of people are sort of like trying to take, they see it as I have to do it now. And then they're taking different measures to sort of like to make that happen. Yeah. I, from, from my own personal situation, my wife and I moved just before the pandemic started. Now we had been homeowners for, for years before that, but we moved to our new house just before the pandemic started. And I look at some of the prices now and think to myself, we're lucky we got there when we did because yeah, there would be a lot of these uh, homeowners or people who want to be homeowners that when the average price of a home is $555,000, that's just not something that uh, a bank is going to lend them. So it really is getting out of control. Do we see this changing or, or ending anytime soon? Because you would think an economic downturn like the one we've experienced because of COVID would be the thing that might slow down the real estate market and it's had the exact opposite effect. So when you're talking to people who are in the industry, do they just think this is just going to keep going this way for a long time? Well, no one, no one really wants to venture to say how things are going to play out. Right. Obviously, the pandemic is a, it's a wild car and uh, how things may, may change in the coming months. I have heard from some analysts who say, you know, this is not sustainable, especially when you see a $20,000 uh, jump price um, month to month and 30% uh, increases year over year. It's not sustainable. It's sort of like a sign of a very, very hot market. But at some point, the hope is that you will reach uh, some equilibrium and perhaps you would continue to see some some increases, but perhaps not the large increases that we, that we have been seeing, especially over the last uh, uh, five years. Um, when that will happen is anyone's guess. Like no one wants just to say this is the month when things are going to uh, stabilize. There are several factors that have, for example, at least for the London region, that have impacted sort of like this surge that we have seen over the last five years. Uh, a key among them has been uh, immigration from people obviously, mm -hmm. obviously coming from abroad. Um, the, the, the Canadian government has very uh, ambitious uh, targets of, of newcomers, uh, attracting newcomers to the country. But we're also seeing big numbers of people coming from other parts of Ontario's uh, more expensive markets, uh, the, the GTA, Toronto, all of those selling their houses there, getting a lot of money uh, for, for, for what for their properties, and then coming here and being able to buy amazing houses and still have a lot of money left. So they're really getting a, a, 
a big bang for, for their buck. And that's a trend that, that doesn't seem to be slowing down uh, anytime soon either. You know, uh, a lot of the people who are doing this uh, are people who are hitting retirement age, baby boomers. So the expectation is that at least some of that will continue to trickle as they move sort of like away from those expensive markets and, and into more affordable areas. But at the same time, you know, the, 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 they're, they're pushing the prices up uh, here for, for, for Londoners and for people who live in this community and, and in others. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not just to London, like if you see in Woodstock, yep. you see in Stratford areas, like uh, anything east of London, the, the, the market is just uh, booming in, well, when it comes to, to, to house prices. In, in the piece on uh, NLFpress.com right now, Middlesex Center recorded its highest average sale price uh, at $725,000, a little over $725,000. That is, I know you're buying large properties there in some cases, you know, many, many acres at a time, but still that's, that's a huge amount of money. That's three quarters of a million dollars. It is. Uh, well, at the same time, we have to be fair in the sense that, you know, that that's what happens with, with average. You mm-hmm. have one month when you have these sales of these very expensive high-end properties, and that's sort of like it's going to drive the average right. uh, up. But it's still it's still a reflection of, of of what's happening here in the market, how hot it is. And and I think it's it's something that uh, talking to a to, uh, real estate agent, it's also like a new sort of like effect that the pandemic has also caused. It's sort of like the interest from buyers in larger homes, taking advantage not only of the low interest rates, but they're also looking for more space. Like the pandemic, being forced to stay at home for such a long period of time has made people realize that they want more space. And in some cases, they need their rooms, but they also need some space for doing work if they're working from home or with kids, uh, you know, uh, doing online learning. The ideal is for them to have a space where they can, you know, just focus on their schooling, doing their homework and studying and everything like that. So people looking for for bigger bigger spaces, more rooms, things like that, taking advantage of the low interest rates, which have also been like very very low uh, historically speaking, and um, it's sort of like also uh, pushing the trend. Like people also, you know, trying to find that that all the space they need, thinking that this pandemic is not gonna go away a- anytime soon. Uh, also people, you know, who, who don't need to go to the office every day. They're willing to perhaps do the drive if they have to do it to the office once or twice a week and the rest of the time they're working on home. So they're saying, you know what, I don't need to live in a city center mm-hmm. anymore. I can just live a little bit outside and still be able to commute whenever I need to, but have yeah. the peace, tranquility that the, the, the rural setting. You want to have the big property. You want to do all that stuff. Obviously that's not available to most people within London city limits. So, Hey, if I'm only going to work one or two days a week, I can live in, you know, uh, Middlesex center, Thames center, or pick, pick these municipalities. I can go live there, get all this space, maybe spend a little less money on my property, not from an average perspective, but just from a perspective of uh, how much you're spending on your house. And, uh, your quality of life doesn't change all that much because you only have to do that commute one day a week because we've all figured out, Hey, I can work from home now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as I said, like I was talking today with, uh, Blair Campbell, he's the, uh, he's the president of the London and St. Thomas mm-hmm. uh, real estate association. He was talking to me how, uh, uh, sort of like to to put into context how this trend is happening he talked to me about pools being a, a an item that a lot of buyers were were requesting like he, he was telling telling me how you know if pool is a feature that isn't necessarily like a uh, a good uh that will add value to to your property if in the long term you want to sell it uh it's not it was never seen like that but now pools you know if kids are going to stay home for the most of the time at home 
if you have the opportunity, you cannot go anywhere for entertainment. Maybe if you have that in your own house, you're offering them a possibility to do something safely, stay home, avoid contact with others kind of thing. So I just found that very interesting that that, that so many people perhaps were requesting that big backyard as well, uh, thinking about a pool in their own property. So like finding ways to sort of like cope uh, uh, with some of the, the most common aspects of the pandemic, having to stay indoors kind of thing or not being able to socialize as we once used to. And I guess like, if you can do it, like be my guest, go ahead and do it, like enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. And uh, yeah, it's clearly, uh, it's, it's just it, everything going on right now is so strange. And it's, I think it's kind of opened up a bunch of, of new uh, options and new realities that perhaps people weren't thinking of. And, and that's had an impact on literally every industry we have. But we can see that we've had a conversation here about how it's impacting the real estate industry. It sort of unlocks some things that uh, maybe we didn't think existed, uh, you know, uh, uh, a year and a half ago before we, uh, we melted down to this uh, pandemic version of the world that we've been in for uh, almost a year now. Yeah, and, and I think uh, the other thing that, that I guess I want to mention is that sort of like the impacts of, of what we're seeing, the real estate mm-hmm. market do not end just there. It also, you know, spills over as well into the rental market in the city where we're also seeing rents going going up. A lot of people, you know, it's sort of like the, the, the idea was, you know, you're in your apartment for a couple of years while you're saving up, you have the down payment to get into a home. You do that, you open up a, uh, a new unit that another family can go into, but people are having to stay longer in their units um, making like the prices are making it harder for people to enter the market and that affects the uh, vacancy rate like how many units are available at any time in the city so that has also led to prices uh, in rents uh, go up um, exponentially over the last few years and, and it's also a, a very critical topic for, for the city because as you know we're, we're dealing with a housing crisis here uh, a lot of people are uh, sleeping rough on the, on the street and, and that's also a challenge like when, when you're trying to help someone who to find a stable place, uh, but perhaps there's not a stable job or a source of income. And then you are finding these prices where you find rents of 1200 for a, a single unit or 1100. That also, it's it, it's a part of the puzzle and, 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 and stems from what we're seeing in the real estate market. So like these prices um, that for many people looking from the outside say that they're, they're just getting out of control. Yeah, certainly. We'll uh, uh, have to leave it there just because you, you mentioned, you know, the, the housing crisis and that that's probably a, another 20 minute conversation we could have. But we're up against the clock for uh, for this particular one. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for uh, uh, doing the podcast with us once again. Glad that you could give us some time. No, I really appreciate uh, you giving me the time to talk to you guys. That's uh, Jonathan Juha, London Free Press reporter here on the London Free Press podcast, which you can subscribe for uh, subscribe to rather on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can get us on Stitcher as well. Plus, continue to find us on YouTube and on LFPress.com. All the time we have for this edition and for this week, we'll be back at you next week right here on the London Free Press podcast. 